Welcome to Do That Well. I'm your host, Brenda Brown, and with me, executive coach Karen Thrall. Today on Do That Well, we're going to introduce you to three different types of leaders. You can think of this episode as your preface, as your glossary. Knowing these three types of leaders is going to help you understand our following episodes that much better. Today, we're really going to touch the surface on these leadership styles and what they mean, who they are, how to spot them. And then in our next episodes, we'll really dive deeper into different aspects of these leadership types. We'll look at how to be an effective leader, how to be an inspirational leader, how to be able to identify these types of leaders and how to get along with them, depending on what type of leader you are, whether or not you're even a leader. And if you want to be a leader, how you can get there. Again, today, it's going to be a top line. Here are your leaders. But follow us because we'll dive deeper as we continue on this journey of leadership. Now, the reason we're doing this is, Karen, you have created your own system of identifying leaders, and you've identified these three leaders. And this is something that I know you have so much passion for. I do. I know because we've tried to record this before, and I think we went over maybe one type of leader in a half an hour. (laughs) (laughs) So we, we clearly need to spend more time with these types of leadership. So can I ask you to just start by letting the audience know what are the three leaders? Who are they? Okay. And thank you for saying that because when I do this workshop, it's usually three hours. So for us to talk about these leaders in 30 minutes will be, you know, I'm going to stay. I'm going to pay attention to the clock. Okay. (laughs) So the way I've broken it down is... Um, And the way I see it is there's three very distinct forms of leadership and all of them are very powerful leaders, very, very exceptional leaders. They're, they're esteemed, they're respected. They don't always get along with each other because their lens is quite different and unique in in all three. The first one, I call them a conqueror leader, and that's a leader of vision. The second one I call a chieftain, and that's a leader of people. And the third one I call a champion, and that's a leader of accomplishment. So even if you can do the imagery in those three, how unique they are, but all of them with so much authority and strength and respect. Do you want to share a little bit about the naming of the chieftain? Because I know you have an homage there. Oh, yeah, I do. Okay. In this particular recording, I'm actually in Vancouver, British Columbia. And the First Nations, there's uh, three First Nations territories here, the Musqueam, Squamish, and Tsleil-Waututh. And here in British Columbia, before you begin, you thank the First Nations and the land for the honor and the privilege of being on this land. And for me to use the word chieftain, I want to make sure we all recognize where that word comes from. I'm wanting to express my honor and respect to the First Nations tribes and communities and the people groups here in British Columbia where I've received a lot of my inspiration. So when I use that word, I want to make sure we all know I'm using that word out of respect and honor because there are some incredible 
uh, richness of leadership that we can draw from. So when we get to that one, um, I'll go into more detail. One last thing, Karen. I'm wondering where you first drew inspiration to come up with this system of defining leadership types. Thank you for asking me that, because that that is something I definitely want to give credit where credit is due. Um, so there's a gentleman, his name is Jim McNeish, and his company is called Niche. And he's located in Scotland, and his background is uh, human potential movement. And uh, he's brilliant. And I have to sincerely say, out of all the facilitators and coaches, I actually think he's the best. (laughs) So a little shout out to Jim. And that's (laughs) not me being presumptuous. That is a genuine. He is extraordinary, truly, in his talent. And the first time I got to sit in his teaching, I was blown away blown away. I'd never heard these things before. The way he coached, the way he trained, the way he facilitated, I was a sponge and I ate it up. And one of the teachings he talked about, is it's called bioenergetics. And it's about energy that we hold in our body. And he did a whole series on it. It, it was fascinating. And he ran us through this exercise and he had these five types And it woke us up. It woke me up 100%. And a a lot of permission. He talked a lot about permission to be who we are. It was the beginning of my journey into diversity. Um, It was that whole opportunity and possibilities for every human and how we can engage and, and connect. So during all this teaching, and then a few years later, I started a small coaching company. And I start realizing I'm an executive coach. It, it, it almost like it found me. So I drew from these teachings that he taught and I started looking at leadership from that lens. And from there, I started researching it. And the more leaders I coached and I engaged with, the more I was going, wait a second, there's something here. Mm-hmm. And next thing you know, I, it was there's leaders of vision. There's leaders of people and there's leaders of accomplishment and together they are forced to be reckoned with. So thank you for giving me that opportunity to just do a shout out to him because I have such high respect for him. And this was, oh, this was like 20 years ago and it has stayed with me and it's really been foundational in shaping who I am as a coach. So there you go. That's, that's my inspiration. That's amazing. It sounds like a really interesting modality of work that he has to offer. It really is. He he has been a huge influencer to many, many executive leaders um, around globally, all over the world. So he's if you want to check him out, Jim McNeish. Um, yeah. Okay. As I said, we have so much to cover and we really want to give you an overview of what these three different leadership styles are. So let's dive right in. Let's start with the champion, because I, I know that you have identified me as a champion. I take a lot of great pride in this. Yes, <laughs> So I would like us to start there. Okay. Okay. And so champion, Brenda Brown, <laughs> leader of accomplishment. For those of you who don't know Brenda, she is a, a wonderful example of a champion leader. Let me just do a little plug for her. So I'm going to go through an overview and generalization. So you can spot a champion and and I've broken it down to there's 23 qualities that that seem to be very prominent in champion leaders. We're not going to do all 23 because we don't have time. But I want to get some of the key ones. They are goal oriented. 
and they're high achievers. So in our culture, in this era, during this time, we really promote, um, it's about the journey and to be present. But for champion, they love the finish line. They love the destination. And so there's something that they, they get a lot of passion when they know where the flag needs to go. And because of that, they're, they have goals because they want to set goals so they can win so that their team can win. Okay. They're always going to do their very best. So it's confusing for them. Um, why you wouldn't always give your top performance. Uh, my hundred percent would probably be their 60%. You know, there's my way of doing it. And I'm like, Oh, this is good. Good enough for me. But for them, for this particular group, it's like, no, you do everything with excellence. You always give your very best. So if you think of a teenager who has an exam and they get a 98%, I would go, woohoo, 98. I'd be thrilled. Uh, a champion would go, Oh, 98. Oh, there's two wrong. And they go right away to the two wrong and they look him over and go, ah, I could have got that right. That makes sense. So they're very quick to go to the two wrong. And that just is because they have a high standard for themselves. Do you think this actually might even be something that you've told me before, but right off the bat, when you start talking about these qualities, I know we're not done talking about champions yet, but (laughs) the idea of a Olympic athlete or something like that comes to mind for me as an example when you're looking into you know society as as who embodies a champion. Yeah. Yes. I think of an athlete the discipline. So champions have a natural uh, if, if they are passionate about the subject, they they will be very self-disciplined. So if it's something that's very dear to them, they will give it a hundred percent. They will carve time, and especially if it brings them a lot of life. So if you think of an Olympic athlete. They work out, they train eight hours a day, every day, you know, and it's because they're so committed, so deeply committed to that, that end goal of getting the gold medal, you know, so yeah, yeah, Olympic athletes, um, and also um, CEOs, a lot of CEOs, because they like, um, they do like building a winning team. So champions are known, they know how to cherry pick a great team, they recognize talent. So it's natural for them to want, they want to have the best CMO, best COO, best CFO. They want to have that because collectively we can win. So where they might fall short in their talent, they're going to pick people who have that strength so that it fills that gap, you know? So, and that's for you, like you, you naturally, that's Brenda, you're that way. Like you naturally can recognize talent. You know that I'm not the best at bo- about boasting with when it comes to myself, but I will say that that is a quality I do think that I possess. Um, I actually have a memory of being on a team where I was leading this group of, I don't know, I think it was maybe 10 or so individuals, and we were trying to get a project done. One of them actually came to me and said, I love being on your team because you always put people in tasks that you know that they're going to excel at. And she was like, I love that I always get to do something that I enjoy doing. And I know that I do it well. And and she actually gave me this compliment. And it was nice. It was nice to have her see see me in that way. Yeah. Yep. And it was natural. It was you, you probably it's so comfortable for you. 
it's second nature for you to, to, yeah, to do that. I wasn't it's even thinking really, about it. No. <laughs> no, you're just being yourself. And that's the beautiful thing. Like people that have a champion type leader are being themselves. And that word leader of accomplishment, they have this drive to accomplish great things. Let, what are we going to accomplish today? So that task, that drive to them, they also... And again, these are generalizations. They also don't, um, they don't want to celebrate until money's in the bank. You know, the expression, we're not celebrating until the money's in the bank, which um, you'll notice in the other two leaders, they won't have that as strong. But when the job is done, then we celebrate. So they can't figure out why you'd want to do that if we haven't completed the work, you know. So another thing is um, they are really good at asking how. And it, it gets them in trouble sometimes because it comes across like they may not have a buy-in. So if you go, I have an idea, and someone presents the idea, a champion, they're trying, that their desire is to have the buy-in. So they're going to go into the how. If you want to win over a champion, you go, I have an idea, and this is how we're going to do it. That's how you win over a champion. Now they're listening. But just to have an idea with that hasn't been thought through, you know, that that doesn't interest them as much. So they're going to be quick to ask the, the questions, the how questions. And some people misunderstand. They think, oh, you're so discouraging, you know, but it's not that at all. It's they, they want you to succeed. You know, that emoji with the sort of like grimace teeth, like the Ooh, sort of emoji. <laughs> yeah. I feel like that yeah. is how I feel right now. <laughs> as you just said that, because I've definitely had someone bring something to me and, I think I discouraged them because I've definitely was like, well, how, how are we going to do it? This is a great idea, but you know, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. And, but that's the thing. That's where they drive. They have that drive to see everything. They want everything with excellence. So when they ask you that they're actually, they want to empower you. If you're going to do it, really do it well, be proud of your work, be proud of your decisions. So they like, you're, I can see your nodding your head you know it's actually funny to watch you because your body language is really strong you know so it's hysterical um the other thing that um they have really a lot of respect for is consistency if you are consistent you will you will earn the respect if they can rely on you and it's almost it's not that you're predictable it's just that you're steady and consistent in what you're delivering, that's going to do huge brilliant points. Another thing, see if you can relate to this. Um, this cracks me up, actually. They, they don't understand why they need to thank people for their work when it's their job. But that's your job. Like, so whenever I talk to um, champion leaders, you know, and I just get such a kick out of them. That's one of them. So they, they don't see, like, now if you exceed their expectations, like, if your job is to run a report on Mondays and you do your job, they're not going to necessarily thank you for that. But if you run a report, then project the sales and then talk about inventory and you come with way more than they expected, then they're going to thank you. You know, so this the notion of thanking your team for doing their job is like, I, what? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Definitely caught on that one too. <laughs> I I actually remember having a manager. She was not a champion manager and she was so good at recognizing people and saying thank you for their work and things like that. And I picked that out as a trait that I did not possess and something I wanted to do. So I've actually had to teach myself, oh, remember to say thank you or remember to recognize people for their work, even if it's something that I, I feel they should just be doing. And you know what's 
funny, but that is you just did a champion statement because <laughs> you saw somebody excel at something. You went, oh, I like that. I should do that too. Like that's a champion. If they see something that really works, they'll adopt it because, well, that's a great idea. So it's not that they want you to give them better ideas than they already have, but it has to be better than their idea. (laughs) (laughs) And we could keep going. I, there's so much like the self-critic, like a champion has a deep, deep self-critics, which the positive is they're self-accountable, self-reliable, they're self-directed, you know, but you, they don't need an enemy because the inner critic is doing just fine, you know, Love it. So let's move on to the conqueror. Who is the conqueror? Okay. So the conqueror is a leader of vision. So champion's a leader of accomplishment. Conqueror is a leader of vision. So the first analogy I'll give you is, you know, if you think of the movie like Spider-Man and a person is trapped in a building and whether anybody goes with him or not, he's going to save the person. So he saves a person, the buildings collapse, the train falls off the tracks, but the person's saved. So they want to be part of a team, but the vision in them, they, if no one comes with me, I must still go forward. That is very unique to, uh, to a conqueror. They want people to go, but the, the longing in them, the passion for what they must do, they're, they're willing to sacrifice and do it alone if no one will join them. They won't change their mind. So it's, that's really cool. And if you, if you think of that analogy of, of Spider-Man, it's a little messy. So their approach is a little messy because they go with such force. Like they're, they're chasing. They're chasing after the vision, the dream. And so that's going to be a little bit messy, messier. And that's just part of their nature. And you can tell a, a conqueror, like they might have a messy desk or a messy car. It's not everything in their life. There'll be this one little section. You know, they they don't make their bed. They, you know, there's something something of messiness in them. It might be the way they talk. Sometimes they may use messy words. You know, <laughs> they may not be as careful with their words or, you know, that. So another thing about them, which I really respect, um, and I, I don't know if they realize both in men and women, how fortunate they are to have this skill is give them a a microphone and they can do it. They don't even have to think it through. They don't have to plan. They can grab the mic and just start talking and, and capture the audience. And every time I meet a conqueror, like you have a talent and a lot of men and women, they think it's arrogant, like a a conqueror. Well, no, but I don't want to come across arrogant. And I have to actually deconstruct that mindset because they've been given a a talent that's very natural for them is to captivate the audience. They're compelling, they're charming, they're charismatic. And, and it's something that they can use for good. You know, it's something that they can use to make the world a better place. If you have a vision and you want to gather people to join you and it can change the world. Oh my gosh. Like, yes. You know, I have to say the conqueror is the one that I personally feel the least connected to. Like we put a lot of work into this podcast. I'm not just picking up the microphone and press and go here. People like, <laughs> nope, nope. Me, neither. me neither. When I think of a conqueror, I think of the classic hero or a general in a war or that personality type, somebody that's just going to dive into the flames, even if no one else is following them because they know that they need to save that cat. Mm -hmm. 
Um, <laughs> I love cats. It's really cool. I really admire the conqueror because there is such a sense, as you yeah. said, of vision, but I am sensing, and maybe I'm extrapolating more than what you're, you're putting out there, but I sense that with a conqueror, there's also this sense of it's no holds bar. Like there's no repercussion for achieving that vision because the vision is the thing that matters. Yeah. The thing too, that's, again, these are all generalizations, you know, so, but these are the seem to be the common threads. There is, they have a high animal instinct where they trust their gut. And so that can create that impulse to act. So they're very action oriented because they go, that feels right. You can say to a conqueror, what's your gut? Think about that. That feels right. That's when their emotions are not involved. I'm talking about just decision-making. Like uh, they'll see a property and they'll look at the property and go, that's the property. My gut, my gut's right on this one. It's uncanny. Like, it's like, really? Like you can make a decision and and it's good to them. And the older they get, that they mature it. It's seasoned now and they can trust and lean on it because they made their little mistakes along the way. And so they fine tune it. They can look at somebody and it's not uncommon for them to say, I can... I'm a good judge of character, you know, they'll, they'll recognize and they recognize and they speak very powerfully into people when they see talent or when they see opportunity for somebody, they believe in the impossible. They will speak to that person, go, you can do this. You've got what it takes. Let's do this. You know, like they're really, uh, they really go after that. So that's the thing. The Another thing that's cool about them is they don't lose ground. So I'm a type person, I do lose ground. So if I'm, you know, running life's journey, and then I fall and my knees bleeding, I'm going to stay down, I'm going to fix my knee, I'm going to cry, why did this happen? And I'm going to analyze it. And then, okay, now I'm ready to keep on life's journey, but I do stop and pause. And conquerors are known to go, no, 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 not now. I don't have time for this. And so they'll get back up, their legs bleeding, and then they'll continue to, to, until they get to where they want. And then, and then once they've completed, then they fall down and look at the, you know, look at the damaged. Um, so they have this thing of they don't lose ground. They're able to really stay strong and they, they stay strong and people look to them for that strength and they feel the pressure because sometimes they don't want to be, but people, they get so used to them being strong and people like it that they forget that maybe sometimes they don't want to be the strong one, you know? So that's another cool part too. Um, they're, they got big. Have you- Go ahead, please. Oh, I was just going to ask you if you've ever watched the show Halt and Catch Fire. Is no, that a show you've ever seen? Not yet. For anybody that is listening that has watched the show Halt and Catch Fire, the character Joe McMillan is a classic conqueror just gonna throw it out there this like as i'm listening to you i i'm thinking of this tv show and this character embodies the conqueror there's actually quite a few characters on that show that represent different leadership types that's your homework karen you should watch all entire i'm totally is it on netflix (laughs) is it on netflix it is okay okay i will do it um okay and then i just want to do a few more shout outs to the conquerors uh very generous um they, I can tell a conqueror by the loudness of their laugh. So that's another very endearing quality to them. Um, they, and I have somebody that I coach and she's a conqueror and, um, she will laugh at work 
And I said, do you loud, uh, is your laughter loud? And she goes, when I laugh, they can, they tell me they can hear go down the hallway. And so all the departments can hear her laughing and they start laughing. And I, I told her, don't ever stop laughing because it ignites joy in others. And an example would be the movie theater where um, it's a comedy and one person will have this boisterous laugh. So then we all go, hee, hee, hee. And then they find the next thing funny and they do another boisterous laugh. And then we all start relaxing. And sure enough, by the end of the movie, we're all roaring with laughter because of that one person. So a conqueror's joy, a conqueror's laughter is a gift to, to people. And don't ever shut that down. You know, and when they're little, they, their parents probably go, use your inside voice, <laughs> use your inside voice. But really that joy in them, that laughter, that is something that ignites joy in other people. So I think that's that's a really important one too. That's so great. And I I know those people. I I know those people that you're talking about that have that infectious laugh and they they do they just bring joy into a room. So last but definitely not least, let's talk about the chieftain. And I must say for me the chieftain is my favorite as far as who I work well with um, when it comes to my managers. So when I've had managers that are chieftains, these are always my my favorite managers to have. Yeah. You know, uh, the visual, when I really reflected on using that word chieftain, the leader of people, and if you think like 500 years ago, you know, and there would be a tribe, a First Nations tribe, and they had their teepees, and the chieftain was in one one teepee and he wasn't out there fighting the battles. Um, he wasn't the loudest, the wildest. He was the calmest, the wisest. And he brought safety. He believed that the village, the people could could thrive. He was that voice of reason. And that leader of people, it's such a, a beautiful imagery of what a chieftain possesses in their leadership. And that's why, again, I want to say that with utmost respect, and I'm thankful that I, I can even use that word, you know, I just want to be really, I don't know, I think it's important that we be, be mindful of where the history comes. Uh, but so a chieftain is um, the most kind out of the three leaders, they are the kindest. Um, they have a strong humanitarian side to them. So the difference between loving humanity and being a humanitarian is action. So it is not uncommon for them to take action when they have compassion. Um, I can have compassion and I may not do anything with it. And chieftains, they're compelled to do something with their compassion. Another really cool part about chieftain that they will never, like you can't change their mind. They undoubtedly absolutely believe it takes a village to succeed. Their principles, they cannot compromise that principle. And you see it in the boardroom. You see it um, in teams. They will give credit what credit's due. They will recognize talent and speak it out for others to see. They'll be the first to write thank yous, um, to pat someone on the back. They'll say, I see you. I notice you. They are so about a team. Together, we can accomplish this. It's uncompromising. So it does. It bothers them when other people take credit for something that they shouldn't be taking credit for. That's not okay with them. Also for the chieftain, um, they have the highest level of patience too. Where they struggle, and it's a bit tricky for chieftains, is they don't know how to self-promote. 
And that is a very important piece of business. They believe that their work will show for itself, which will lead to a promotion. And unfortunately, that's not the culture of business. If it happens to you, you're really fortunate. But there is a level of putting yourself out there, of being seen, of being vocal. And so this thing of waiting to be asked, you know, it doesn't always work effectively for a chieftain leader. They do have this amazing ability to have a plan that is long lasting. Think of like if you knew a mayor that was a really good mayor of of a town, she or he will make sure there's a hospital and schools and jobs and communities and playgrounds and programs and everybody wins. There's going to be something that everybody wins. And they have that thing in them when they're in business, everybody wins. They have an extraordinary soft skill when it comes to customer experience, the internal employee customer, also the external customer. They have, they are top notch. Um, They know how to uh, mediate really well when when they're not the one in conflict. Um, they're not a fan of being in conflict, but they're excellent at being mediators of conflict. So these are some of the things that are very thoughtful. And oh boy, winning brownie points for a chieftain is thank them. And they won't ask for it. They don't want it. But deep down, they'll remember it. And, and it's like a cup of cold water to them. For me to say to a chieftain, I really appreciate what you did. And they'll go, oh, it's nothing. No, but it was something for me. And I really appreciate it. And I just want you to know I saw. Oh, boy, they'll ride that wave. That is like the best day ever for them, you know. What's cool about the chieftain that I know you've talked about with me, and I just think that it's a really interesting point that I want to give them a little shout out, is that being a good manager or or having that sense of community and camaraderie with teams comes most naturally to them out of the three Mm -hmm. leadership types. And I just want to, I just want to give the chieftain a little shout out because I think that's a really cool thing. Whereas conquerors and champions need to, they need to think about it a little bit more. (laughs) And, you know, in other episodes, we'll dive even deeper into that. But I just want to do a quick little kudos so to the chieftain for that. Yeah, because all of them have incredible strengths. Some are like they're going to excel in areas more than the other two types of leaders, but they can draw from each other. So I'm excited to talk about that. Like all of them are very strong in certain areas where the other one isn't. So it'll be, yeah, there's a lot there. Yeah. We definitely just did a really quick deep dive. It wasn't even a deep dive. We just did a really quick top line explaining these three different leadership types, the chieftain, the conqueror, and the champion. And I do just want to quickly say, and again, we will dive deeper into this in our following episodes, but I want to just put it out there really quick that not everyone is going to fall into one of these three leadership types. And that's totally okay. There's room for other types of people and we need other types of people in the world. Not everybody can be a leader, but we are focusing our next few episodes on these leadership types. Again, we'll we'll dive deeper into that, but I just want to make sure that if you're listening to this episode today, you're not thinking, well, I'm not any of those. Where do I fall in? And there's more for you to come. As I mentioned at the beginning of our episode, today we are really giving you a framework, a a glossary, if you will, 
of these three different leadership types so that as you listen to the next podcasts, you'll have these archetypes that you can work off of and refer back to. And we're really excited to dive deeper into this in the following weeks. Thanks for listening today.